Hey, welcome to Whitefields Community Church. Sermon Extra, great to have you with us again this week. I'm here with Pastor Nick Katie. He's the pastor of Whitefields Community Church here in Longmont, Colorado. And uh, on the heels now of our series, we just completed this, uh, our series through First and Second Kings called Desiring the Kingdom. Uh, we just wanted to do kind of a one-off, kind of looking at the aftermath of what happened as the Israelites went into um, into exile. And so this week you kind of took a look at Daniel chapter 1 and Jeremiah chapter 29, kind of some insights into what happened during during that time. If you missed any of that, whitefieldschurch.com. You can go over there and you can download the sermon from Sunday if you missed it or any of your favorite um, podcast platforms, streaming services or whatever, YouTube, Facebook, you can find it. Find it all up there. And if you would, please like, subscribe. Uh, please rate and review on Apple Podcast. If you would, please, that really helps us get this, uh, you know, gets us up to the front with their algorithms and everything. Uh, when people are asking questions, uh, that we can then provide Christ-centered, gospel-centered content and answers for them. So we were looking at Daniel chapter 1 and just kind of, uh, not only Daniel, but we look at, uh, uh, you know, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego and kind of some of that as well, Daniel. Daniel chapter three, I believe, and, and then Jeremiah chapter twenty-nine, um, and uh, one, you know, we'll get look at a couple things today. But one of them was a question was raised: Were were um, Daniel and his friends in this case were they actually eunuchs in in the in the uh, you know in the king's court? Yeah, so I mean, almost one hundred percent. Like it doesn't say that they were eunuchs, but uh, it also says that their boss was the guy called the boss of the eunuchs, right? So, like, you know, that kind of tells you that that was the group that they belonged to. A few other reasons why they would be that. I mean, if they were serving in the king's house, this was the common practice in the ancient Near East, which was that, I mean, if somebody's serving in the king's house, they didn't want that person to be a threat to their. A harem or to their wives um, or to anything. So they would castrate them. And, um, you know, that's kind of terrible. If you think about everything that he went through, first of all, he gets kidnapped. Then he gets, you know, re-educated for three years. And, and that's another thing I didn't really go into is that that re-education would have been primarily, it wasn't like, you know, math and social studies, right? Like it was primarily like the pagan religion, that's what they were teaching them, kind of the dark arts and mystical arts, kind of training them to be kind of court magicians, if you will. Um, and, and so they're being, you know, indoctrinated. And then on top of everything, they're castrated and made into eunuchs. And so, uh, yeah. And, and doesn't that make it all the more surprising that Daniel, while being a person of conviction, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, while being people of conviction, they are also extremely courteous to these people who are treating them in this way. Yeah. And that's interesting on that note, the fact that when we read about Daniel, we read about his friends, the just how courteous. And actually one person wrote how gentlemanly they were. And one of the phrases that made it into the sermon, which actually wasn't in your notes, was um, uh, being a jerk for Jesus. And right. you came about that phrase because we were in the car and you were just basically showing me how you can get your Kindle to read back to you. And yeah. so you selected this page. And so the Kindle starts reading and 
the phrase in there was jerk for Jesus and it kind of, I guess, made it into your notes, but, and it got a lot of traction in the sermon. So it's amazing, you know, you spend hours preparing your notes and the one thing that you say, you know, that wasn't, you know, it's got a lot of traction, but it, it made a lot of sense and it, it really um, connected with people for that very reason. You have these Jews that have now, they've been kidnapped, as you said, they've been brought into this court, they've been castrated, yet from the text, we just read that they they seem to, in the midst of all that, show some kind of politeness, some kind of, you know, uh, humanity, even in the way that they are reacting towards their captor, captives. And this idea of, you know, in, in essence, they were not being jerks for Jesus, but yet people sometimes equate that with the idea of having strong, if you have strong convictions, then you're a jerk for Jesus. Well, I mean, isn't this the case that we've seen some of this on social media and things like that, that these people who are really bombastic and they, they're almost like proud of themselves. Like they feel like they're a hero for coming out and, you know, speaking the truth and, and then, you know, and they'll get followings. But I would just challenge that and say, who are the people who really enjoy listening to these bombastic in your face, truth bomb people? Um, wouldn't I would argue that aren't they in most cases the people who already agree with them anyway. In other words, they're preaching to the choir and they're not reaching beyond the choir. In fact, I would say that they tend to put a bad taste in the mouth of people who don't agree with them because they are so in your face and essentially in many cases insulting uh, those who, who don't agree with them. I think as Christians, we have a higher calling than that. And I think we see it so clearly with Daniel, this idea of having conviction, courage, and a calling means that we're in this world not just to pat each other on the back and, and all nod in agreement. We're, we're in this world with a mission to reach people. And the fact is, it's pretty hard to reach people if they can tell that you uh, disdain them, if the, you look down on them, if you think uh, little of them. And um, I mean, just the fact that Nebuchadnezzar comes to this point where he's willing to bow the knee to the Lord Part of that was because of what he saw in the fiery furnace. But you have to say, uh, I mean, the conduct of Daniel throughout the entire book, the conduct of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, even the conduct that Jeremiah tells the people to have, live in the city, pray for the peace of the city, work for the good of the city. I mean, this is a different picture than, you know, making Facebook rants and then people being glad that somebody said what they already think. You know, you know what I'm saying? If we're trying to actually reach people, we need to do it with love. We need to do it with courtesy and we need to do it with compassion. You know, I, one other thing I'll, I'll say here is that I recently kind of got reintroduced to somebody who I knew about a long time ago and not long, that long ago, but, and I know you knew him too. His name was Ray Comfort and Ray Comfort is a New Zealander, a Kiwi um, evangelist who's based in the United States. And uh, I've been watching a lot of his videos lately with my kids because he came out with a movie. It's kind of an autobiography of his ministry and his life um, called The Fool. And I would really recommend that for anybody out there. That's a good use of your time is to watch this documentary, uh, autobiography that his ministry made about him. And um, yeah, you know what impressed me about Ray Comfort so much? He goes and he talks to people and he does not um, water down the gospel message at all, but he is so incredibly empathetic, courteous, and kind to people. Even people who he's telling them to their face, well, the Bible says that you have sinned and, and therefore the wages of sin is death. But, and yet he's so kind. And, and because he's so kind, people are willing to let him say these 
things to them, uh, which are true and which they need to hear, but he does it with such uh, grace. And I think, man, you know what Paul says, right? He says, let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, right? So that you may know how to answer everybody who, who has a question. So, um, yeah. Yeah, no, and, and just on that too, Paul also says to speak edification to one another, you know, yeah. and uh, we're, we, we don't have much license to criticize mm. in the Bible. There's not too much that says you should be pulling down or pulling apart a person in any way, but we are called, you know, and the, to, to be kind to one another. It's one of the fruits of the Spirit, you know. Yeah, it's, and we, we speak the truth in love. In love. It's so, yeah. so basic, You know, right? First Corinthians chapter 13, you know, and maybe, you know, there's a lot of people that have so-called discerning ministries online that are more clanging symbols than they are anything other than that, you know. So that, you know, that's very, yeah, very interesting being a jerk for Jesus. I don't want to be a jerk for Jesus. Me either. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we don't want to be speaking condescension to people. We need to love people. And that, you know, that's what scripture says. They'll know us. We'll know that we're disciples of the Lord by the love we have for one another. And and that's how we're, how the gospel is going to go forth is by by loving one another. And as you said about Ray Comfort, you know, you, we do, doesn't mean we water down the gospel. It's how we present it and how we speak into people's lives. And many people see the fruit of the gospel in our own lives and they're reading us mm. like a book as it, well. I would say to that, if somebody is going to be stumbled by or put off by something, I want them to be uh, offended by the gospel message, not by my uh, life or my presentation or my words. I, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, yeah. totally. Totally. No, that's a great, 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 great word. And, uh, um, you know, grab that sermon, whitefieldschurch.com. And uh, we're heading into Easter as well, into Palm Sunday. And so be looking for that as well. We're excited about that just to get to celebrate what what this is all about, what the gospel is all about. And, and Easter is, is just a great time to be reminded. Uh, we'll be having a Good Friday service and uh, and a Sunday service. So if you can be here, Good Friday service is going to be f- uh, 5 and 6.30, I believe, here at the church building. If you're in the area here in Longmont, we'd love to have you join us as we just meditate on, on the work of Christ on our behalf. And then Sunday, we're just going to celebrate uh, the resurrection and the, and the life that we have in Christ because of his, the death of the the, uh, his death on the cross for us. So join us. Uh, like, subscribe, whitefieldschurch.com. Look forward to seeing you again. God bless.